Hot Takes to Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Right now, you can get up to $6,000 in purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today. Time for the question of the day. How pathetic was that? The Jazz lost to the Wizards. One of the five worst teams in the NBA. They'd lost five in a row and seven out of eight. They were playing on the second night of a back-to-back after a tough game that went right down to the wire, and they lost to the Kings. And the Jazz got beat. Gave up 131 points. How pathetic was it? Brian says very pathetic. But on the bright side, Jingle and Joe played great. Maybe it's time to move him back to the starting lineup permanently. Ready for some lineup changes, PK? Shake things up? Who comes out? That would be an excellent question. I mean, it's going to have to be either Conley or Bogey. Has to be either of those two. Can be I would think else? so. Yes, I think it has to be one of those two. Okay. I mean, I think it would probably be Conley because you're trying to always have two of the three with uh, Conley, Bogey, and uh, Donovan on the floor. So you always well, that's have not going to happen. Two guys out there. So Scott says Bogey's killing the Jazz. The turnovers, the missed open threes. There are plenty of people uh, critical of Bogey right now. Although some people are just critical of the whole team. Andrew, I'm not sure they'll make it past the first round again. These guys are frauds, unfortunately. Ooh, that's That's, strong. That is strong. And it's probably the strongest one we have going through there. Uh, It's more along the lines of Jay. That was a crappy performance from a team that is capable of so much more. Obvious. Yeah, I agree with that. Tanner says, 4-5 seed, here they come. Same old stuff. That's what Tanner thinks. Been in that four or five series many times. Yeah. Three with the current group, and I think the Dwell Boozer group lived in the in the four or five range for a while as well. Ryan says, "Go Lakers!" Ah, uh, Laker fans showing up, piling on. Mark says it's frustrating as a fan to get the national media to give this team the credit that it deserved only to have Jazz turn around and lay an egg like this. There's going to be a lot of I told you so about this team by the national media in the coming weeks. Uh, If it continues, sure. Yeah, Yeah, I can buy that. But it's not college football. It doesn't really matter. They either get it together or they don't, and they'll be seated where they'll be seated based on how many games they win. So. Uh, sure, yeah. So if you're worried about that, uh, you don't have to be. But people are. They want to see their team being number one, and they want to get the national respect, blah, blah, blah. That's just part of the deal. I get it. Stan says defense is a lost art among these guys. That's true. The guy's blown by him. And even when they did miss, they got offensive rebounds. Quinn commented on that in his post game. He was upset about the offensive rebounds. All of which comes back to the energy you were talking about, PK. You know, not moving on defense comes back to the energy. Getting beat to a rebound comes back to the lack of energy. You can't just drift through the games. It's not going to work. Yeah, I don't get it. I just, I don't know. You can stat me all you want, but I'm going to go to your heart, and I don't know what stat that reveals. I would like to see some more intensity and stop getting down early. Six nothing, away we go, man. You just feel it like, oh, brother, here we go again. <laughs> Nancy says they look slow and disinterested. I don't understand it. Nancy, Me either. You're not alone, Nancy. Very crowded room. 
Tony says, Bogey has been AWOL. Donovan looked like he was so not interested in playing in the first half. For the love of all things basketball, make a freaking free throw. Kind of knew this game was in trouble when that first possession was a turnover. JC couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Post game, we know what we have to do. Well, let's stop playing like shiz in the first quarter. I'm done. Tony's done. I'm not done, but I want more. Everybody does, but when will that happen? Tonight. Tonight, they're going to turn it around? Why not? Uh, They could, but I don't know why not last night. Doesn't matter. It's over now. Nothing I can do about it. True story. That one's gone. Uh, to, to, to me, now's an, uh, the, it's no opportunity like right now, no. Go ahead and get it done, man. It's just go ahead and freaking get it done. Today is the time. You're playing another not good team. Every game's on the road for Toronto this year. They got a sub-500 record. There's all kinds of talk about trades and who might be gone at the deadline. You would think they are ripe to be beaten. Yeah, and it's more about the Jazz than it is the opponent anyway. And I get that if you were playing uh, New Jersey or Brooklyn, you know, it would be a a more difficult task. But even with that in mind, if they were playing Brooklyn, I would still focus on what type of effort the Jazz give. Uh, So you need to – I can't say turn it around because that's too strong for me anyway. For others it might not be, but for me it's just opinion that we got going back and forth here. Uh, to me, it's not, not it's not about turning it on. It is about turning it up. Get more intensity from the start. Let, let's see what you can do. I'm not a. You, you don't even necessarily have to jump on them early. How about you just stay with them early instead of jump on them early instead of always fighting from behind. It just seems like it is a groundhog day with this team right now. Early turnovers. The other team gets a little mo. You're down. You're thinking, oh, we're going to come back. I mean, to be down by 24 to the Washington Wizards on the when the Washington now it was home games, right? That they, they played back to back. Yes, it was. Uh, so that, that's a little different than getting on a plane and getting home at two or three in the morning. No question. But nevertheless, it would it was still back to back. And who they lose to Sacramento? Yep. Which you know, so you, so you're not as good as Sacramento, and then you can turn around and blitz the best team in the league record-wise. That's just not good, man. It's inexcusable. We can come up with all the excuses we want and numbers and this and that, and I don't care about that stuff, man. I, I care about intensity and heart and determination and the will to win. And you know, you know, you're not going to have it every night. I understand that, but the pattern of falling down early to teams that are marginal, average at best, that's bothersome to me. And and if you win the title or get to the conference finals or get to the NBA finals, what you did on March uh, 18th, I I understand that. It's not that big of a deal. But that's where we're in the moment now. So I just can't blow everything off in the moment looking ahead to two months down the line. I, I, I have to have some level of evaluation in the moment. And right now in the moment... The effort is not good enough for me. DJ and PK, it's time to bring in David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. PK's right. That's David Locke. He joins us every week. Thank you, David. <laughs> See you.
<laughs> I don't know what he said, but I figured it was a good way to start the interview. <laughs> you can repeat yourself. You're, you're, uh, you're spot on here, PK. He's going to agree with you when he hears you. Well, what? Yak, play it back. I can't recreate genius. <laughs> you can't do it. Of course not. Jeez, believe. Did well, I say lock? I mean, I mean you are, I mean, you are the ultimate one. You are the ultimate one-shot pony, so yeah, right. can't I, expect I, it twice. It's here, and it's gone. As quick as it came, that's as quick as it leaves. Bottom line, they're right. sucking right now, David. They don't have to jump on them early if they could just trade baskets early because it just seems like Groundhog Day giving up a huge run to the Wizards, which is what they gave up to the Celtics, which followed giving up a 15-0 run to the Warriors. Could they just trade hoops early? More energy, more effort. If they do that, they'll get back to being a good team. And there's no reason to go crazy now, PK said, because what happens in the playoffs is going to trump whatever happened on March 18th in Washington. But we're in the now right now, and they need to play better than this. This just isn't good enough. It shouldn't be who they are. But you are what your record says you are, and you are what the scoreboard says you are. And right now the scoreboard says they couldn't hang with the Wizards, which seems ridiculous, but that's what happened. So, I mean, like last week was maybe DJ's highest, best moment ever in his radio career. I mean, like really. Um, oh, yeah. I shot high, back. High level. Um, and now, PK, I try to give you a little room, and yet, then he, I mean, he's really on fire. Like it's like there's just no, you know, there's no, there's no Westbrook to Beal right now. It's just, it's just Beal, and and DJ's Beal. Okay, PK will get a steal. He'll come down. He'll throw down a dunk. It'll happen. He might. I'm comfortable the with the like secondary role. I've, I've always okay, been Scotty. comfortable in the background. That's just not true. <laughs> Depends on the scenario. You ought to see him in a crowded room. <laughs> I just want to see more effort and determination from these guys. How about that? Um, 100%. Last night was really bad. I mean, I came out of the first break and said to Ron, wow, well, they tried to see if they could win the easy way, and that doesn't yeah. look like it's going to work out. Okay. Um, and then in the second, when they suddenly tried what looked like what they then, you know, you would have thought they were going to come out and start playing as though they were – Reengaged is when then they allowed the huge run. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a joke in the league that there's a bunch of players who, you know, on offense run uphill or downhill and on defense run uphill. We ran uphill in both directions last night. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have any fast break points through the first three quarters, which is not a great stat, but it still tells you a little something. And, you know, they were, they were running in transition at a very high level. The numbers off makes first misses last night was extreme. Um, the first quarter issue is offensive, not defensive. So in five of the last seven games, our offensive rating in the first quarter has been below 100. I mean, that's really bad. Um, the league average offense is about a 10, about a 111 right now, which equates to 111 points per 100 possessions. The worst offense, the best is 118. The worst is like 105. It's Cleveland. And we're at a hundred under a hundred, but we're actually not just that. If you actually look a little deeper, in four of the last seven uh, seven games, we're below ninety. So it's an offensive issue. It's actually been going on for a little while. Um, 
And the other one that Ron Boone pointed out last night is right now we're only winning if we're incredible offensively. Um, you know, earlier this year we kind of could win a game offensively, win a game defensively, depending on the night, what took place. And right now it's only if we're elite offensively. The only games we've won recently against non-G League teams, our offense was in the top 10 performances it's been in all season. So um, Boston was our eighth best, uh, or actually Boston was just our 16th best, but Orlando was our fourth best offense. Lakers was our sixth best, and Charlotte was our eighth best offensive nights of the year. So other than the Boston game, for us to win a game right now, we've had to be elite. Uh, Philadelphia without Embiid was our second best offensive game. We played the Clippers team that was pretty dismantled, and the Houston Rockets team, which was not an NBA team, in between, lost most of the games, and our offense has not been through the roof. So did you see enough uh, discomfort, enough uh, frustration in the postgame to think that they're going to put the energy in this to turn this around, or there will be some more scuffling about and more up-and-down performances like we've seen over the course of the last 11 games here. They're 5-6. and six. Are we going to get more of that for a while? And then maybe down the road we'll see about the turning it around thing. So I can't really read Zoom. I don't know. I mean, this is such a difference of being around. So I can't. I mean, the, the question is, has somebody exposed something about the team that they don't have an answer to? Or is there something is there something that they have an answer to, right? So that, that would be the question. Is Did something happen in the middle of February where even though the Jazz were winning and they won five straight in that stretch by like double digits and, you know, a million in a row by double digits, did something happen in that stretch that somebody exposed something um, about the team and therefore, um, you know, people have an answer. I, I don't have that. I don't see it. There's not something to me that's there. So that would lead me to believe that, that it's a fixable issue, not an issue that, um, you know, teams are coming out of games early and trying to take Mike and Donovan away, and Boyan and Royce are not doing a lot offensively, and Rudy, so you, you know, Boyan's pretty vital there, I think, for, for this team to kind of um, get going early offensively. Uh, so I think that's pretty important. Uh, on a defensive end for the season, um, after a made shot, we're the eighth-best defensive team, and after a missed shot, we're the seventh-best defensive team. And um, over turnovers, we're 26th, right? So there's where, like, that's always been a weakness. But if we go take it for the last, I don't know, give me a time frame if you want, like the last – five or six games, or if you go to the last, you know, go back to the game against um, uh, Miami on the, on this, on the 26th of February instead, which is kind of, you know, at least in my opinion, when I thought things started to get a little less good and you look at what we are. So defensively in that time period, we're now, you know, one of the least good defensive teams in the league. We're in the bottom 20 of def- 26th in the league defensively in that time. We're 25th after a made shot, and we're 18th after a defensive rebound. They have completely collapsed defensively recently. So when I covered Majerus all those years, one of the first things he would do when he'd get the box score handed to him is look at the field goal defense numbers so uh, the other team's 
uh, field goal percentage, and now it translates to the Utes' defensive field goal, what they would allow. And I heard you on Gordon and Jake, but I only caught the end of it. So you were saying that uh, field goal percentage is a misleading stat, and we need to rethink that. Am I, am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, because half the shots count more than the other half. So the stat is equivalent field goal percentage. EFG, effective field goal percentage, equivalent field goal percentage, is a better number. The Jazz are number one in the NBA at that. Because when teams are, when 35 to 40% of shots count as three, then it's mm-hmm. a different, you know, it's a different number. Now, last night, to the credit of Washington, they they won the game from the two-point range, which you don't see very often anymore, but they, they certainly did. Bradley Beal, that's the evolution he's made in his game. He's becoming a an elite two-point shooter, and Russell Westbrook got lucky. Um and so, you know, last night, but even last night, their effective field goal percentage was 59, ours was 55. The night before was the game that really tells it against Boston because Boston's field goal percentage was better than ours, but we took like 20 more threes than they did, so we actually had a better shooting night than they did. So back in the day when it was mostly two-point shots and Majerus looked at that number, he wanted that number to be at 40% or down in the 30s. The higher it got over 40, the crankier he got. If it got to 45, he wasn't very happy. If he got to 50, he was furious. So effective field goal percentage, because you need to weight it for all these three-pointers. The game's really different than, you know, what Majerus was coaching in college in the 90s. What number would uh, make Quinn happy? What number would make him concerned? And what number would leave him furious? So, right, anytime we have these new statistics, you better have a base model number that makes sense to everybody, right? So... The old number we used to say fifty percent made sense for, you know, whether you had a good offensive game or you know, Majerus had a higher standard and college didn't shoot as well. So um, the the average in the league on effective field goal percentage is fifty four percent. It'd be nice if it moved up one. It would just be an easy number to remember. But it's fifty four. So um, the Jazz are the best in the league at fifty one defensively. So if you can keep, I mean anyone under probably 52, you're having a pretty darn good game. If you keep anyone under 50, you're probably going to win almost every time. Um, so I think those would be the, you know, the kind of the range there, that same, right. you know, if you just kind of take the same multi- multiples that, um, uh, that Majerus was using kind of in 40, 45, you know, 40, you're always going to win right in college. So there's just no question. Um, I'm looking right now. Um, we've had oh, too many for me to look, but we have not lost a game all year in which our opponent's effective field goal percentage was 51 or below. So we're undefeated in those games. We've only lost one game all year in which our team's, the opposing's effective field goal percentage was 53 or below. And that was to Minnesota on the you know fourth game of the year. Um, and we've only lost two games all year in which our was actually our opponents was below 55. Effective field goal percentage was below 55. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's just a sign we're a really good offensive team, and so we don't actually have to be brilliant defensively. So, however, this is an interesting note to this conversation. This is great. Thank you, guys. If we allow over 55 uh, effective field goal percentage, we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one and nine. So they on the TV broadcast they'll put those numbers up sometime and that's the frame of reference then. Fifty five. Yeah, so, you're fifty five you're getting into trouble. The closer you get to fifty, the better you feel about yourself. Down at fifty one yeah. or fifty two, the jazz are in great shape. 
Yeah, I mean, below 50, we haven't lost, right? Mm-hmm. So below 50, we haven't lost, and below above 55, we've only we're one and nine. And there That's it is. Great. Yeah. Nice right. job. On an offensive level, by the way, um, we've only we actually have lost twice above fifty five, but um, won a ton. Like I don't, I can't. The chart I have in front of me doesn't give me numbers. Um, and if we drop below fifty five, we lose at a really high rate. Actually, interesting. Okay, fifty five is the magic number. There yeah, you go for offense. Yep. Effective field goal percentage. And for those of you who are wondering how you figure out effective field goal percentage, you take the three-point shots, divide them by two, made, divide them by two. So if you make 10, add five to the field goals. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math. Because it's an extra point. I'll let Travis do the math in the truck and put it up on the screen for me. <clears throat> Thank yeah, you, Travis. They're not, as, they're not using as much as they used to, which is too bad. A lot of teams head that direction. I think they've kind of pulled back a little bit this year, which is a bummer because... I just think that field goal percentage is, you know, Boston game's an example. Boston's field goal percentage is better, so it's just not telling an accurate story anymore. 38 free throws last night was the big one. Washington just ran down our throat. We've heard and now... Uh, and the air effect in field goal percentage last night to this conversation was 59. Ours was 55. That's a defensive loss. So we've heard... In the post game, players talk about how you know we're the number one team in the league. Teams are going to be ready for us, blah blah blah. And we've heard the ex players on the broadcast say that stuff. How much truth do you think there is to that? That the Jazz now are the hunted, and so they are not matching what the other teams are bringing because the other teams are excited and all that stuff to play the number one team in a league. You don't buy it, do you? Well, they're not coming out with the intensity that I would like at the start. I don't know if it's the other team thinking, wow, we got a chance to make a name for ourselves. We're the Washington Wizards. We're 11 games under five let Let's get a little feather on our cap. How much is it the other team? How much is it the Jazz? Yeah, but, I mean, you're not buying the first concept. I can feel it. You're not buying that, like, the Jazz have reached Laker elevated status that the players are talking about. The teams are giving them, coming out and per se giving them their best shot. I think players understand that this team is really good that they're going against. But I, I to me, it's not about the opponent. It's more about the the internal issues within the team as opposed to who they're playing. Uh, I think you're probably right. And I'm not sure. And, I, and I'll be perfectly clear. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they're raw wrong in the opposing locker room. You know, going nuts. All right, we're going to go with the Jazz tonight. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I I just don't think that actually happens in 82 games. Right, right. Um, I do think that we, last night, looked like a team that was trying to make – I said this. I mean, I think that that we tried to play the easy route last night. Yeah. Which is – you know, like that sounds terrible. It's not uncommon, and it's and it's not um, it's not awful. You, and it happens all the time in the league. And it's really normal that you come into a game and you're like, "All right, let's see." And so maybe what we've just touched on is the real issue of what's gone on with the Jazz. We're really good when we're really good. Uh-huh. We don't have LeBron. 
And we don't have Anthony Davis. And we don't have Kawhi Leonard. And we don't have Paul George. And we don't have Nikola Jokic. And if we're really honest about it, we don't have an MVP candidate. Like, we just don't have that guy. We don't really even have Bradley Beal yet, and we don't have Dame Lillard yet. Like, Donovan's terrific, but it's just his fourth year. So let's be honest about who he is and where he ranks in the NBA, which means that when we do do what we did last night, which is take the easy route to start or not come with as much focus, everyone in the NBA does it, but they have another gear to go to because they have LeBron, they have Kawhi, et cetera, that list. And we don't actually have that. So as much as when we're great, we're great, our margin of error to be that great is much slimmer than the other teams in the league. And I think we probably saw it most glaring when we went up 3-1 against Denver and blinked. And then didn't really click back in until we were at down 18 or whatever it was in game seven. And then we were terrific again. But the discrepancy between when we're engaged and hitting it full throttle and when we're trying to sneak by or just a little off or fatigued is significantly more than most of the good teams in the league. He's David Locke. Hear him on the broadcast tonight. The Jazz are in Toronto to play, or in Tampa to play Toronto, and he will have the game for you on 97.5 The Zone tonight, 6 o'clock, pregame at 5. Thank you, David. Huddle up, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Come here. Huddle up. Just, just through. Okay. That was really brilliant. I'm in. I'm in. That, was, that was a brilliant segment, guys. Unbelievable. We opened with humor. We made him laugh. Then we got in some deep conversation. Then DJ explained the stat nobody understands. And then I closed. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible, guys. High fives all around. Great segment. Way to go. Still comes back to what PK said. It's about the energy. Because you're right. There's a small margin of error. The, the, for the Jazz, the line between winning and losing isn't very big. So there you go. Good work. Really, really the opposite of when the three of us get together. We just really never had a bad segment.